This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum everyone. So we're at ayah number 20. So far we are in the middle of section 2 where we're learning the lesson from history. Uh, three messengers have come to the same nation and there's a debate that's gone on and clearly these, these people are stubborn and they're not going to budge from their position. And they're going to come up with the silliest excuses that have no truth to them to be able to defend their position like calling them cursed. This is actually a practical case of the fetter or the, the collar on the neck and the wall in front and behind and the, you know, the, the covering on top. Allah is telling basically the Prophet you're not the first person to deal with a tough group. These kinds of groups have existed in history. But now Allah says, وَجَاءَ مِنْ أَقْصَى الْمَدِينَةِ رَجُلٌ يَسْعَى From the far end of a city, a man comes running. قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ اتَّبِعُوا الْمُرْسَلِينَ He said, my, my people, follow the ones that have been sent. How many messengers are there? Three. And now there's another man who's coming from the far end of the city. I want you to observe a few things about this, this statement. The first thing I want you to observe is that he's one single man. Just one man. Three messengers are preaching. And how many sales did they make? One man. Is this an idea that was already taught? You're gonna try to preach to a large group, but maybe one you'll get? Did it? إِنَّمَا تُنْذِرُ مَنِ اتَّبَعَ الذِّكْرَ وَخَشِيَ الرَّحْمَانَ بِالْغَيْبِ فَبَشِّرْ هُو بِمَغْفِرَةٍ وَأَجْرٍ كَرِيمٍ You're only gonna be able to warn and it's just someone who followed the reminder and feared the Ar-Rahman, feared the incredibly merciful, the loving and the unseen. Congratulate that single person of forgiveness and noble reward. The Prophet ﷺ was told, most of them will not follow. Remember that? Now even in this study, what are we learning? Three messengers came, preaching to an entire nation. And how many followers did they get? One. One. That's the first thing to learn here, to note here. That this is reinforcing the idea that you should not be looking for numbers. Allah's help does not come through numbers. Allah's help is even in one person. That's the first observation. The second observation, min aqsal madina, from the farthest end of the city, he came. But wait a second, the Arabic word for town is al-qariya. وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلًا أَصْحَابَ الْ he didn't say Medina, he said Qariya. This was the, these were the people of the town. But now there's another city, to another word, if it was the same word, then it would have been the same town. He uses the word Al-Madina and the other end of Al-Madina. In other words, these three messengers, these men are delivering the message, conveying to preaching to people night and day in the same town over and over. And somebody overhears the message, and somebody else overhears the message, until the word reaches even another city possibly. And in that city, on the far outskirts of that city, somebody heard it and decided that this is the right thing. And from there, he came traveling all the way. He was so moved by this message. One of the great scholars I admire from the last century, actually he passed away in, in the 70s, uh, Ibn Ashur, rahimahullah. Commenting on this ayah, he said that actually it's been the case in human history that people that live in busy cities, they go away from religion. And people that live on the outskirts, they actually have more time to reflect 
and to think and to engage in nature. And so they are more thoughtful people and so they are more spiritual people. And people in the middles of cities, they're too busy, hustle and bustle all the time, business, rent, more expensive life, etc., etc. So they tend to have less spiritual lives. And so, you will find, even in this ayah, Allah highlights this guy who hasn't even seen the prophets. He's from the other end of the city. And he was ready to accept. And the people that they're preaching to, are not ready to accept. It's also important to note, that even though the, so it seems to be that the toughest audience is going to be what? Which one? City. city. Let me tell you something from personal experience. You try to talk about Islam in Midtown, in New York City. Try talking about Islam on Silicon Valley. Try talking about it. And then try talking about Islam in like Waco, Texas, at a church. You'll find a captive audience. They might kill you afterwards, but they'll they'll listen. (laughs) They will listen. There are actually several churches across the South that invite Muslim speakers regularly to speak just about Jesus, just about God from the Islamic perspective. They're not all haters. You don't find that sort of invitation in big cities. You just don't. That's, just, that's even a reality within the United States. Even within the United States. By the way, some of the worst social evils that are plaguing our society, some of the worst of them, where do you find them? In the cities. In the cities. And it's incredible that Allah, instead of sending messengers to a place where they would find easy customers, people that are already spiritual, thoughtful, in touch with nature, etc., etc., go send them there. No, Allah would always send messengers to city centers. Allah sends Musa salam to the greatest city center of his time. You know? Of all the region of Arabia, the city center was Mecca. The worst social evils were in Mecca. Medina is actually much nicer people. Even today. It's crazy. It's crazy. You want to see nice people? Don't go to Mecca. You know, even the cabbies are like mean. Even the cabbies. But then again, this man comes far, running from the far end of the city. We talked about how it's from the far end, meaning it's so unlikely. You know what we're learning? Don't underestimate when you share a good word. They didn't have Facebook back then, they didn't have cell phone, they didn't have a website, they didn't have news broadcasts or radio or television. They're just talking to their people, but word got out and got out and got out. And one man from the other end figured that this is the right message. And his coming to Islam is so significant that there are going to be more ayat about him in the Qur'an than the three messengers combined. Allah will talk more about him than He does about three messengers. It's not insignificant. If it was, it wouldn't be such a big deal in the Qur'an, where every ayah is perfectly placed. That's pretty powerful. That's really powerful. Even one person transforming, you don't know who it's gonna be. That's the message that was given to the Prophet ﷺ in the beginning of the surah, and is now being reinforced. Then there's this statement I found, كَمْ مِنْ مَغْمُورٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَشْهُورٌ فِي السَّمَاءِ How many people must there be that are completely unknown in the world? And how famous they are in the sky. There are people, nobody knows them. Ain't nobody know them. And they are just known in the sky. Subhanallah. You know? This person, who is a celebrity to us? Rajul. His name is Rajul. Amen. Where's this man from? He's so awesome. He's in Surah Yasin. Uh, from the far end of the city. Which city? The city. Do we know his name? 
Nope. Do we know his address? Do we know what age he lived in? Yet, without knowing any of those things, his memory is immortalized in the Qur'an until the Day of Judgment. He is being, a man whose name we don't even know is being celebrated. You know, and by the way, what are his credentials? Where did he graduate from? How much money did he make? Where did he get his ijazah from? You know, which ulama did he study under? Nothing. Nothing. Some guy who just happened to hear that there's one God and he has messengers and it all made sense to him and now he's a hero in Islam. You know what, what I'm trying to tell you? What I'm trying to tell you is we're too obsessed with credentials and not nearly as obsessed with sincerity. And the Qur'an is preaching the opposite. Qur'an is telling you no one's insignificant. What does Allah say about this man though? He says a man came from the far end of the city, yasa, running. He came running. When does a person run? When there's urgency. Now the question arises, what is his urgency? His urgency is, he comes running, and by the way, is he near or far? Far. So he comes running all this way, just to say one thing first, Ya qawmit tabi'ul mursaleen. My people, follow those who have been sent. Just follow those who have been sent. Him seeing the heedlessness and the rampant evil of his society was a state of emergency to him. So much so that he ran. But by the way, that evil, has that been around for a long time? Have people been doing the same bad things for a long time in his society? Yes. But once he came to Islam, he saw this as a state of emergency. So he ran. He didn't get used to evil. He didn't get used to defiance and say, well, that's what people do, you know. Oh, by the way, they have three messengers. They don't need me. I mean, what am I going to say that messengers haven't already said? Who am I compared to the messengers? He went anyway. I'd like to tell you something ahead of time. I'll come back to it. Comparing a believer to the messenger is like comparing the sun to the moon. What's significantly brighter? The sun. And the sun is actually something that gives the moon its light. A believer's faith is only, it only shines because of their inspiration by who? A messenger. And the, moon, the sun doesn't have phases. The sun is a constant. But the moon has what? Phases. Like messengers are constant. But believers have phases. Yes? So there's really no comparison. But you know what? The sun has its place and the moon has its place. Even if messengers are doing their job, that doesn't mean you're off the hook for your job. He came running from the far end of the city because he saw it his obligation. These are his people, he cares about them. So the first thing he said is, My people! He said, My people. You don't, he didn't say, Ya ayyuhal kuffar, ittabi'ul mursaleen. You kuffar, follow the messengers. You kafir non-Muslims. He didn't say that. He said, My people. The Quran is telling you, that when people make fun of messengers, did they make fun of messengers? Yes. They did. They consider them a curse, they threaten messengers? At this point we should call them kuffar. Any believer should be, have so much love for the messengers, that they should go to them and say, you kuffar? You make fun of messengers? You should be killed. But he goes, and the first words that come out of his mouth are what? My people. Because he understands that is the sunnah of prophets. People oppose them and they don't lose love for their people. How many people when they give da'wah, they think of the person they're talking to as my people? They don't. That's a sunnah of the Qur'an that is lost. 
This entire story is being told to three groups. The Prophet, the Believer, and the Kuffar. And the Believers nowadays don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. We like to label, label everybody, Sawa'un alayhim. Leave them alone. How far from Qur'an we've come even in the way we think about non-Muslims. Our attitudes towards them. You come running out of concern for them. Now, the other matter that I want to bring to your attention is he came running. Could have had a horse. Get at least, you know, a rental. Seems as though when he transferred all the way from that end of the city to come here to speak to his people, he had zero resources, yes? So this incredible da'i, who did so much work, that Allah decided to immortalize his speech in the Qur'an, had how many resources? Zero. All he had was his legs. He ran over. Stop complaining about the lack of resources. That is not what gives victory. Resources are not the means to change the world. That's not what Allah cares about. Allah wants to see your effort. How much sa'i did you make? That was my khutbah yesterday. The human being has nothing for himself except whatever efforts he made. It's all you get. So Rajulun Yasa. Now, Qala Ya Mursaleen. I love this part. Oh ho 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 ho. Follow the messengers. All he has to say is follow the ones that have been sent. Man, that is a lesson we gotta relearn in this Ummah. Just follow the messengers. It's simple. This religion is so beautiful. Allah gave us the legacy of the Prophets والسلام, in the Qur'an. That legacy is supposed to inspire Rasulullah himself. The Messenger gets inspired when he hears about Musa. He gets inspired when he hears about Yusuf. So we're supposed to get inspired by them. Getting inspired by these Prophets is a sunnah of Rasulullah wasallam. I'll tell you a little story. I don't mean to insult anyone. I just want to be... I have to speak to my conscience. Okay, and something, some experiences in my life I feel like I should share because they can, they can help you. I gave a talk in Kuwait. I finished my talk, big security thing, you can't talk to people, they don't let you talk to people. So I snuck around the other side of the masjid and talked to people on the street. Right? And this lady came up to me and said, Ahi, you need to tell people, she had a book, you need to tell people that they have to learn the correct aqidah. And this is the book of the correct aqidah. And you need to teach this book. So people have the right uluhiyah and rububiyah and asmal sifat because people do a lot of shirk because they don't have the right what? Aqidah. I was like, thank you. What book is this? Is this Quran? This is surah? No, no, no. This is a book of this, this, this chapters and these, these, these deviations that people have and you know what people consider you know, shirk and this and that and the other and it protects people from making these kinds of mistakes. I was like, well, this is really complicated. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to study Islam. I'm scared right now. I feel like I might be a mushrik. She's like, Akhi, this is really important. You don't know this stuff? I was like, no, I don't know it. Don't you want to know it? I said, no, I don't want to know it either. But don't you want to have the perfect, the right aqidah? I was like, yeah, I do. Uh, so maybe I should find out where Allah talks about aqidah in the Qur'an. Let me find the ayah of aqidah. Uh, there isn't one. Because the word aqidah doesn't exist in the Qur'an. If that word was that important, it would be where? So I have this really deviant idea, I'll tell you. It's a really crazy idea. I think the things Allah talks about are more important. I know that sounds blasphemous. And then I also think something else. I think prophets were the best teachers. 
I don't know if that's, that sounds crazy, I know, it's really messed up. I think nobody taught Iman, not Aqidah, because Aqidah is not used in the Qur'an. What's used in the Qur'an? Nobody taught Iman better than Ibrahim salam and Musa salam and Isa salam. Uh, I think they're pretty. I think they're better than any scholar at teaching iman. And I, I think before people learn something from a scholar, they should learn something from who? Prophets. My nation follow the prophets, the ones who've been sent. And I, when I study Ibrahim alayhi salam, he just says the sun can't be God, the moon can't be God, the star can't be God. I turn my face towards the one who made everything. That doesn't seem so complicated. What you told me about these categories and these subheadings, and that was really hard. But when the prophets talk in the greatest, and I also think there is no better book than the Qur'an. Like if people should know a book, if there was one book they should know, it should be the Qur'an. I know that sounds crazy. But I think it has a supreme author. And in that book, when he decides to teach you about faith, he doesn't get philosophical, he doesn't get abstract, he doesn't discuss deviant concepts, he doesn't discuss... He's not interested in any of it. He just says, straightforward, something that a poet can understand, something a philosopher can understand, something a farmer can understand, something a, you know, a programmer can understand, something me, I can understand. It's easy. Something any human being can understand. Why do we have to complicate this terminology? Why do we have to complicate this conversation? When Allah's messengers, all of them, one of their great sunan, one of their great legacies is Al-Balaghul Mubin. They, they communicate in a way that gets to your heart and they just separate truth from falsehood. That's all they do. It's simple. It's not complicated. You know what we've done, right? We've turned the conversation about Islam into conversations about books written by people about Islam. Those books have become Islam. And the only book that doesn't get its attention anymore is what? It's Qur'an. That's kind of a tragedy. I'm not saying those books aren't important. But there's a difference between primary and secondary, you understand? And then we've done a real, the shaitan's done this one. He's so good at this. I'm impressed, shaitan. You know what he's done? Those books you should read. Allah's book is for the scholars. Read the books of the scholars. But don't read the book of Allah because that is for the scholars. Because when it says Hudal lil nas, what it really means is Hudal lil ulama. Because it's complicated. Quran is very complicated. You can't understand. Yar, ayyuhal insan, Allah de bande. Quran is complicated. Quran is complicated. Jinns hear Quran and become Muslim. But passing by, they hear Qur'an and they become Muslim. And then they speak because they were so inspired. And Allah puts that in the Qur'an. And to you, Qur'an is complicated. Where did they get their degree before they speak about Qur'an? Where did they graduate from, these jinn? They can comment on the Qur'an, astaghfirullah What kind of shaitan? <laughs> He's a jinn, not a shaitan. You know? And then we're reading their speeches. We love distancing people from the word of Allah. Yes, I acknowledge. There's the possibility of you misinterpreting or coming to the wrong conclusion. But the journey of learning, so long as it's sincere, and you go to people who know better than you, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask people who do more remembrance than you do, who try to memorize, who try to study, if you yourself don't know. That is the journey of every human being. Why block access for people? There's no reason to do that. 
This messenger, this man should have said, there are prophets speaking, I should keep my mouth shut. The, the biggest ulama of this ummah are prophets. There, there's three of them. What is my role to speak? But he understands I have to speak because messengers are being rejected. Maybe they'll listen to me because I'm not a messenger. Maybe I, if I don't come from the official position, maybe I'll come from a different angle. Maybe Allah will accept that. He's not coming as competition to messengers. So the other thing that I love about this ayah, Allah says, He said, follow the messengers. Or follow those that have been sent. Follow. Has the word follow occurred before in the surah? Think, think, think. You can only warn someone who followed the reminder. إِنَّمَا تُنذِرُ مَنِ اتَّبَعَ الذِّكْرَ فَالْآنِ يَقُولُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ اتَّبِعُ الْمُرْسَلِينَ Same word. It's not an accident. Allah said somewhere out there, there might be a believer, he might become Muslim, he has iman in his heart, some changes happening inside him, you don't even know what changes are happening slowly inside him. You keep on warning, don't give up, maybe one day he'll come out and become a believer, yes? Just like this guy, you think he became a believer overnight or he thought about it over time? He must have thought about it, processed it, came to this conclusion and then came out, right? But look at what's happening. In the first case, you had a believer who's becoming a believer all in secret. But in the second time following is mentioned, he's not secret anymore. He's so brave. He ran across towns to come and talk to the people and openly say, you need to follow the messengers. He actually became a significant contributor, didn't he? So in the previous passage, you had the one who follows changing internally. And now you have someone who's changed internally and now wants to contribute. So there's the internal and there's the external. And they both have to go together. One leads to the other. So now... Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thanks for watching these videos. If you'd like to continue to support Quran Weekly, please click the link in this video.